Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 15 of the Warrior Queen podcast. I'm Joe Kenny, and what you're about to hear is part two of my conversation with Dr. Yu Chang Ma. Be sure to check out part one that premiered on August 19th. We will be jumping in as Dr. Ma describes the new home of the Children's Orchestra Society and some of the hurdles that she faced along the way. Enjoy! So you mentioned before that you just got a five-year lease. I believe that is, is that the Syosset location that I, I've read about? It's at the Community Church of Syosset. Great, great. Yeah, and I mean, to have something solid, especially at this point in time, coming out of the pandemic, as you mentioned, I'm sure that was a bit of a, a journey to do. Was there, was there some hoops to jump through there? Uh, or did oh, it did so things many. work out well? <laughs> well, I mean, there are pluses and minuses. We were before the pandemic at the Long Island High School for the Arts, and we mm-hmm. had a yearly lease. But when the pandemic hit, they said, well, I mean, first of all, we couldn't meet because nobody was meeting. But then when we tried to um, renew our lease, they said they weren't renting out to outside people. Um, so... In a way, that meant that we didn't pay rent for two years. Mm-hmm. And right now, our rent is much more than what we usually pay. But we have the advantage of the fact that we have the space for ourselves 24-7. So we can oh. we have the opportunity to develop programs. So um, this year was a bit of a struggle because we had a devastating flood that completely destroyed our basement. Oh, no. So um, six feet of water rushed in after Ida broke down the frame of the door and, um, you know, rushed in within minutes. And so we had two grand pianos in the basement and entire library, hundreds of instruments and irreplaceable documents. It um, took us two months to empty out the basement. We, we lived like refugees. All our possessions were on the lawn and people thought we were having a yard sale. <laughs> uh, we had no heat or hot water for two months. And, oh. um, and, you know, it was incredible. We was just so lucky that we had this place in Syosset. So we started on time. We participated in a street fair. Mm-hmm. Um and, um, you know, being away for two days then meant that the basement smelled really bad after we did. Yeah, that mildew smell set it, in, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so um, we, re- we raised a fair amount of money. So that allowed us to rebuild the basement. But now we have to raise money to, um, to rebuild our library and to replace the pianos. And yeah. People say, are you done? I'm going to say, oh, it's going to take us 10 years to, you know, finish this. It's not, you know, it's it's yeah. two lifetimes. My father's collection of stuff and our collection of oh, stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so it's two generations of collected music and everything, so... Um, oh wow! Well, I I am so sorry. I did not know about that at all, and I I'm very sorry to hear it. I hope that um, those out there listening to this will will try to rally around you and help you guys get back to what it what you had, and and maybe even better. Um, but you said someone asked you, "Are you done?" I, I you know just just from the the 
limited amount that we I've known you. And now from talking to you on the podcast, I think I can say you may never be done, Dr. Yeah, Ma. Probably true. And I hope uh, on better circumstances, I don't I don't wish you more floods or, or natural disasters, but never be done in the sense of never be satisfied in the art, you know, always wanting to bring more, create more. Um, yeah, well, I okay. feel that I definitely I mean, feel my, that my mom used to worry t- about me working too much. And she goes, what's going to happen to the orchestra after you die? I go, well, mom, uh, when I die, I know that I will have changed thousands of lives and that is sufficient for me. You know, I mean, what happens afterwards is not something I really, après moi le déluge, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that's the point where you'll hand it off, but the legacy remains. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I am slowly divesting myself of my work because I, I do like to travel. And if you're teaching, it's hard to travel. So yeah, well, hopefully the, the tech side of things will, will make that a little easier. Now, people are getting used to Zoom, people are getting used to some teaching from away. I don't know how that layers onto exactly music oh, yeah. teaching, but uh, we, I hope we, that it helps. We certainly learned a lot. And we told the kids, we you've learned a skill that's going to help you in the future because they've learned to record themselves, you know, and then listen mm-hmm. to a set soundtrack as it, you can make money recording for people in studios when, and you know, there are lots of musicians who don't know how to do that and they all had to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I I've done some voiceover work myself and uh, friends of mine have, and, and so even, even on the most professional level, some people will just go into their little closet with their soundproofing and send out the, you know, the next Call of Duty game voice audio. Yep. And then it goes into studio and it, it gets, it's made and it sounds so professional. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's an incredible thing that we can do from our homes now. Yep. Um, but so this, this is the Warrior Queen podcast, right? And, and what, what we aim to do on this is really share uh, the stories of Oppie women like yourself. Um, right. So what I want to ask you first, before we, we go in deeper into that, is the term Warrior Queen. Uh, how does that resonate with you? Well, I mean, I've always um, wanted to be a warrior woman. I mean, uh, there's a Chinese um, legend, Mulan, which Disney has made which is a warrior woman so so yeah so well you know my father always says after each concert okay one battle is one more to go you know um so you feel like you know you're always jumping hurdles and you're always trying to get better at you know honing your craft I mean my daughter is also an actress and so Mm -hmm. I always encourage her no matter what to keep honing your craft you know what whether it be training your voice or doing, you know, just learning something new every day. That's one of the um, values my father instilled in me. Um, When I was small, he says, do you see this plant? I said, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, the plant grows every day. I said, well, of course, dad. He goes, so if you don't grow every day, you're worse than a plant. Was like, wow, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Such a build. And then the point at the end is is, is a hard bite there. Well, you know, I mean, I've already been compared to a cow, but now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you keep keep mentioning your father. I wanted to bring up one other quote. I think I saw in... um, that you you shared in a past interview of of breaking down something never being too hard. If you know what I'm referencing, please take oh, it. Yes, yes, of course. He just he says, well, you know, um, the French say um, the impossible only takes longer. 
So, um, so sort of based on that, if something's hard, then do half of it. If that's hard, do a quarter of it. If that's hard, break, keep breaking it down until it's such a small bite size that even an infant can do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I teach people like, if you want to teach your kid to take off his or her sock, you poise the sock on the tip of the toe so that even a wind would blow it down. So then they take it off and you go, yay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They just encourage people to just make that one step into the future. Yeah. I, I wanted our listeners to hear that because I really, I really liked that mentality and, and the the idea that that phrase, you know, I, I myself um try to be the jack of all trades. And um sometimes oftentimes when I have no idea what I'm doing, it's just starting from the very basic step and, and building from there. And then before you know it, you've constructed a house. Yeah. Um, if you will. Um, so, okay. So, so you, you've shared through, we've shared about your father and then you've showed me what the warrior queen means to you. So you are obviously a perfect embodiment of this warrior queen. Um, and as, as an oppie woman, so speaking from that perspective, uh, I know I asked you about something you struggled with in the past, but is there, was there a struggle that came unfortunately from, from specifically being an Oppie woman in your life. I, w- I wanted you to share that in case any of our listeners have faced something similar and, and to help empower them through that lens. Well, you know, being a woman in medicine, mm-hmm. um, at the time when I went to medical school was still a bit challenging. I mean, um, <laughs> I have shared in my um, medical journal that they hadn't built enough women's bathrooms um, Mm. in the buildings. So if you're on rounds with your teachers and your colleagues and you had to go to the bathroom as a woman, you would have to run like two blocks to another building, by which point, if you come back, then you don't know where the group went. So basically you have to train your bladder according to how you do your rounds. Oh, wow. um, you know, it's it's not so so they hadn't quite the technology hadn't quite caught up to that. Plus, you know, they always say that the surgeons, you know, they always teach while they are walking around. And then when they go to the bathroom, the guys go and get the extra teaching, um, which the women can't because they can't go into the men's room. So <laughs> um, so there was quite quite a bit still of discrimination, even though my class was about one third women. But now. Um, the medical school classes are over 50% women. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I I didn't know that about the bathrooms. I mean, it seems like such a a minute element on the surface, but the way you describe it really puts it in perspective. Um, And I hope that you've seen that that change. Oh, Um, (laughs) yes. And um, so, I mean, that's just a small sign. I mean, my year of interviewing for med school and graduate school was the last year they were allowed to ask us when we were gonna have babies. Um, (sighs) So on an interview, Miss Ma, if everything were uh, normal, uh, when would you be planning on having a baby? So I smile and say, February 29th seems like a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Good, that's the answer I think that someone asking you that deserves. Exactly, Um, I mean, I don't, I don't yell at them, but I kind of make the point that if you want me to be that specific, so let me help you. Right, uh, right, and, and I'm I'm very glad that that's gone. I mean, what a, what a it's crossing a border there. That's that's none of their business. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I interviewed at the Rockefeller University and um, they said, um, Ms. Ma, don't you think it's a waste of time to train women graduate students? I said, well, I'm spending two days interviewing here, so I don't, but why is it that you do? Well, women graduate students just get married and have kids. I'm like, oh my God, you mean the men medical students don't, I mean, the men uh, graduate students don't get married and have kids? Uh, Why is it that women end up, you know, having to take time off because the men don't, you know, so, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, so, but you that's, know, the paternity is getting, you know, better. You get better paternity um, benefits nowadays. So, so things are improving, but it's, it's still hard. My daughter just had a baby and she says it's hard. It's just, it's exhausting. It's. Um, of course. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. And she says, she says, okay, so, you know, when my husband goes to work, he goes to work. When I go to work, I have to make sure that I have babysitting lined up i have to make sure that the food is prepared yeah <laughs> you know, somehow. and the list goes on from there yeah yeah so yeah well I, I thank you for sharing that like i said i, I really I, we really think it's important for for people to know that they're not alone in their struggles right and and that someone as successful as yourself has has faced all these these struggles and still prevailed on the top and is still facing struggles. I mean, the, this, the flood you said happened last year, who could have predicted that? As you said, with the pandemic, who could have predicted any of this? Um, and it's a, the determination to keep going is, is rare, but also I would love it to be contagious um, and contagious through sharing these stories just as we have now. And I think that it's really important for young people when they're struggling to go find somebody to talk to, you know, whether it be a parent, a counselor, uh, their music teacher, their music teacher, <laughs> their religious teacher, whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, just anybody, because sharing makes you not isolated. It's, you know, some of the despair that happens, some of the anger that happens comes from people who feel disconnected and and unheard, mm-hmm. you know, unheard and invisible. It's it's infuriating and it's it's depressing. And so it's really important to connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. One, of, one of the kindest thing we've heard one of the kids say about us is um, this is a kid who was very angry when he was a teenager. He took mm-hmm. three classes in the same building and he says, I hate this building. I want to burn it down. Well, he didn't. But then he got religion, became a missionary. And then his mom got sick and he said on Facebook that she's in hospice. So I told my husband, I go, well, if somebody says that their mom is in hospice on Facebook, then I can call them and talk to them, right? So I called He came to visit and he said, Michael and Yusheng not only taught us to love music, they taught us how to love. Mm -hmm. And that is just... The, the sweetest and the kindest thing that anybody could have said about us. Cause we do indeed not just teach music. We try to teach about life, about coping skills, about how to get up when you get down. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really important. You know, it I is. mean, the music, <clears throat> not all of our students become musicians, but they have a new appreciation of music um, and they connect to a whole world. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's spreading a love just as you and Michael are. That's that's the idea. Because, you know, when 
at the end of it all, if people don't love each other and care for each other, then what is it? You know, what is life for? Completely in agreement. Um, as, as we kind of go to wrap up here, Dr. Ma, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share with, once again, our listeners of anything on the horizon. Um, are you work? Are you personally working on anything? Um, is COS uh, have an upcoming event? I know we just had an event pass, um, but just to share, get the word out there, uh, so we can hopefully fill the halls. Yes. Well, you know, <clears throat> in the next spring we will be having another discovery concert. We're not entirely sure where, but we have season concerts, which mm -hmm. right now we are able to hold in our own space. So. Um, as we speak, there are air conditioners being installed in the big space. Um, That's good. Very good. Yeah, so I found a quiet place because otherwise we'd be drilling through this conversation. Um, we are going to have a, a one-week camp for children who are victims of domestic abuse. Um, so we're um, collaborating with the Garden of Hope, which is an organization in Flushing. Okay. And, um, so we have about 25 kids coming in next week. Um, so they're, they're brand new musicians. They've never learned. So we're trying to figure out what you can do in one week that will <laughs> them feel connected. And yeah. hopefully a few of them will want to continue doing music. So Yeah, yeah. I have plant the seeds there. I mean, those, those four notes, yeah. bringing it back to your other story, are going to come yeah. in handy again. Exactly, exactly. You just, you know, nothing is too small or too unimportant. Every, you know, attention to detail is a very important skill also to teach to kids. You know, they um, sometimes ignore accidentals. Mm -hmm. And then when they ignore accidentals, it sounds really strange. And I told them, I said, well, you know, it's like if you use a sauce, you know, it's, it's like, for me, when you play the wrong accidental, it's like you're pouring soy sauce on my pancakes. So it's <laughs> kind of a shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when I when I was learning guitar growing up, um, I was taught by my uncle and he, you know, he I think he did the right approach. He taught me the four chords, you know, the G, E minor, A minor and D. And all of a sudden I could play how many songs? The list would right. just go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. So you not only do you play music and you're an actor and you're a broadcaster. Yeah, I wear many hats, um, but I, that's why I, I felt so um, like I resonated so much with what you were describing, because it's taking and wearing many hats that gives you such a, a worldly perspective and helps you to tie back to what you said, helps you connect to yeah. more people. Yeah. And, you know, I've had to do a lot of fundraising for the orchestra. And um, Swati and I at one point uh, threatened to write a book about, <laughs> about how to handle VIPs. <laughs> because I told her, I said, you know, we were driving and our people in the office said, Mrs. Avery Fisher called. So we gave her your cell phone number. We go, no, you do that. You tell Mrs. Fisher, thank you for calling. I'll make sure that Michael and you can call you back right away. Right. So Swati said that she had one of her assistants, um, I think, called some ambassador on their cell phone three times in one day. <laughs> 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 like, oh no. <laughs> you know? 
Oh, geez. Well, I, I don't lose hope that that book may still develop one day. Well, I don't know. I'm sure that Swati is very, very busy. Um, she has a friend, Chandri, Chandrika Tandon. Do you know her? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, so Chandrika is also, I think, in dance. And so she asked me, would you like to record a Ragupati? And I said, what? She goes, you know, a tune. And so she sent me the tune. And I have it accidentally, like on my phone. I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah, that's what, you know. And, and so it happens that my daughter is um, in the musical that is about Bangara dancing. Oh, okay. It was, um, she was in San Diego for three months. Oh, oh, very nice. Yeah, and it's going to Boston. So, um, so it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, that sounds very exciting. I'll, I'll take a look online, look for that. And I will share it with Mrs. Bisse as well. Um, oh, sure, sure. I'm sure she'll be delighted. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Ma, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. It's been such a great conversation. Oh, I had fun too. I mean, you know, I always worry about, um, speaking because um i never know what's going to come out of my mouth and um we we used to be totally tongue-tied um and um one time my brother was supposed to play a concert with lin chang and lin is who was a guy um accidentally sliced his finger um in biology class so my brother says well you want to sub for him i go sure but neither of us wanted to announce that there was a substitution. So we just played the piece and I went off stage and I heard somebody say, that is so strange. Why does Yo-Yo and his sister have different last names? <laughs> they thought I was Lin Chang. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm sure they loved it all the same. Well, yeah, but it just shows you that at, at one point, you know, neither of us wanted to ever say anything. Yeah. And now you're on a podcast having great conversations and sharing stories. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing each other again soon now that we can uh, go out and see concerts and do everything freely again. So be well. Thank you. You as well. And thank you, everyone, for listening today on the Warrior Queen podcast. I'm Joe Kenny. I'm here with Dr. Ma, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.